You're listening to Beyond the Pipe with Chris Morgan and Sean Ring. So, there's a saw in the background. Yeah. They're doing construction next door. They, um, My neighbors are building a pool. And uh, oddly enough, they're they're having trouble finding material. So, there's a, a gunite material. Yeah, there's a gunite material that they spray as the finish. And uh, actually, he just told me they're having trouble finding the actual material. Because there's a material shortage in almost every industry right now. And uh, same thing with the stonework. And it's frustrating because he wants to go swimming and you can't. So there's that. I remember when we built a pool, it was like, it killed me to have to wait as long as it took to get everything going. How long did it take though? I mean, nowadays you can build a pool in a month. Well, my dad and I built most of it ourselves. Like in ground? Yeah. Like we hired an excavator to dig the main part of it. And then we hired somebody to do the rebar. And then we poured all the concrete. Damn. Yeah, it was a lot of work. We had two rock waterfalls that we built and designed. It was awesome. Wow. And then, we had a pool growing up, but it was um, like one of those old kidney-shaped, you know, suburban pools. You have the built Ours was kidney-shaped, too. Yeah, that was a big thing back in like the 80s and 90s. But um, no, this pool next door is incredible. Like it's got all the fancy, fancy bubblers and all kinds of crazy stuff. So we had a light that changed colors. Oh, this one has a light that changed colors on the bubblers and they have fountains. Like it'll shoot like water streams across the pool. It's at, at, at least that's how he explained it to me. So I'm fascinated to see how it ends up. It's been a really cool process seeing like, now I live in an area that's kind of old, right? So the dirt usually has not been disturbed. Even for my yard, like I had to level out a section by hand and it took me at least a month to do with a shovel. It was, it was incredibly hard because we had already put in the lawn. So I couldn't bring an excavator or anything up there. I just had to do it with a shovel. Dude, that's And it is fascinating how much more room dug up dirt takes up than it does when it's compacted. Yeah. Like when I dug the holes for my hammocks yeah, for the like post for my holes. hammocks. Yeah. I, I was, thankfully I needed dirt, but it was a lot. It's crazy, man. Air takes up a lot of space, I guess. So anyway, I just got done scarfing down some onion rings and tater tots and fries with the burger. Don't, don't fat shame me. But you had fries and tater tots and onion yeah, we, rings? we had we had friends over last night, so I got all three. You know, because I don't know. Some people like tots. The fries weren't very good. I mean, now now that there's now that like tots are a thing where they actually deep fry them and they're not like baked. I don't think you can still claim that fries are better. At that, point. I don't know that I've ever had fries at, like made at home that were fantastic. Well, that's the double fry technique. So you, what you do is you got to take your fries and you fry them at a lower oil temperature. And then you pull them out and then you crank up the oil temp and you fry them at a real high temperature quickly. So you get a cooked fry, but it's super duper crispy on the outside. You could probably boil it too. You can boil it. In fact, you can do it in the oven. Uh, so when I do like crispy potatoes – you get your potatoes and you dice them up and you boil them in baking soda. Oh, yeah. Water. Yeah, you make a slurry. And it makes a slurry and it mm-hmm. covers them with all the crispy crap. Oh, and yeah, then you the put them in the oven and they're the the best country potatoes ever. Like hash brown, like, not hash brown, but like breakfast potatoes. Oh, man. Yeah. What What do you prefer? Do you, do you like fries, onion rings? Tater tots, tots with mayonnaise. Please tell me you're joking. No, dude. Tater tots dipped in mayonnaise. Mayo is the devil. You're wrong, but okay. That That's horrible. What? I've never heard of that. 
there's a place in town here that has done that since like the fifties. It's a drive-in place. And that's like one of their signature things is you get this, uh, certain burger and you get tater tots and they give you a little cup of mayonnaise to dip it in. And it's really good. I don't know what kind of mayonnaise it is, but it's awesome. Now, aiolis, which a lot of people would argue is basically mayo. It's like a light mayo, but with other flavorings. So you can have like uh, jalapeno aiolis or garlic aiolis. Like I'll do that on a burger, but I'm not dipping. I don't like mayo. Like I really, really hate with a passion mayo. Well, I think, well, I think that's one of the many things that it's either love it or you hate it. It's or you tolerate it or you hate it. Now I really like sour cream. So I will, I will usually use sour cream or um, like ranch dressing instead of mayo on a sandwich. Like a turkey sandwich with sour cream. I could do that, I guess. Dude, it's, it's incredible. It's even like, if you get like a good ranch, like I consider hidden Valley to kind of be like the standard ranch. Yeah, but it sucks. You got to get the packets of uncle Dan's. Or the packets of Hidden Valley and then make your own well, ranch. Well, yeah, that's, that's way better too. But. Amazing. But if you do it the right way, um, well, I shouldn't put it that way. But what I what I do, it's not the right way. It's just the way I, I do it. You have a toasted sourdough, um, and then you put turkey or roast beef. Usually, I like turkey with this one, like a nice sliced turkey. It doesn't have to be smoked; it can be like oven roasted or whatever. And then you put a whole bunch of iceberg lettuce, like an unreal amount of lettuce on that thing. I know you hate lettuce, but you got to have it nice and crunchy. You got to have a nice little crunch in there. And you put the ranch on that side of the bread. And then you, you know, do your other, you know, cheese and and whatever mustard that you're going to do. It's incredible. I'd eat it. I mean, that sounds pretty good. I mean, it's just a sandwich, but like, you know, I tend to go a little deep in the, deep in the woods with, uh my food experience. Maybe we should just have an entirely new podcast where we literally just talk about food and be fat kids. I should, I, I, we could do that. Okay. Two fat pipe guys. Yep. Except but I'm not, not fat though. So it doesn't work. Yeah. But you eat like you are. <laughs> I eat like a fat guy. <laughs> I eat a lot of food. Um, yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just, oh, onion rings for me, it's where it's at. It doesn't get better than onion rings. Like you, I will eat onion rings. They gotta be good onion rings though. Well, like there's a standard, so there's different levels of onion rings too. There's like the ones that are like basically fried Funyuns that the onion is almost non-existent. And I've had those at like really cheap places. It's like almost like a hush puppy in a ring form. And those are horrible. Like I don't see the point in eating those. I think they, I think they're good. They're just not really an onion ring. They're, they're not an, yeah, they're an onion flavored ring. It's like a Funyun. Um, but then you've got like the other ones, the local place switched over to these, uh, for like the past couple months and they're kind of like in between a beer battered and like the non-existent. It's like a thin little nothing strip of onion. And they're probably like, you know, machine made dipping them in the oil and it's like made in a factory and they come frozen or whatever. But then you have... Then you have the next step up, which is like a standard beer battered where it's like a big old thick ring and it's like really good and juicy on the inside. And See, I like those as long as you can actually bite them apart because a lot of times you get those ones and then like the entire freaking onion ring comes out instead. Because they use the outer part of the onion a lot of times, which pisses me off to no end. It's like when you go to get a burger and it's the middle of winter and they throw like a yellow tomato slice on there. And like, if it's at a season, don't put the tomato on the burger. Yeah. You can, you don't have to have it, especially if it's not in season, just it, don't do it's it. It's like, it's this ridiculous thing. Like, and I've always been fr- so frustrated with it. If it's summertime. Yeah, that makes sense. There's tomatoes in the summertime, but in the winter, I don't want to see like an off color tomato because the sugar content is going to be off. It's not going to taste the same. It just adds wet to the burger. It just makes the burger soggy with no flavor, but uh, man, onion rings. And then you, then you have the pinnacle of onion rings where you get these at the gastro pubs and all the fancy places do these things where they'll actually take like a thick cut onion and dredge it. It's not battered. It's like dredged in like cornflakes and all the nice crispies 
and they fry that and they give you like three onion rings for like eight bucks or something with your $15 IPA or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know what prices are at these places, but they are the most dank ass onion rings you can possibly get because it's like almost zero breading. It's just this beautiful fried onion. And then, and then of course, you know, there's the blooming onion. I'm a big onion guy. I'll eat an onion like an apple. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's a good onion, then it's a good onion. Anyway, enough about onions. I, sorry. I was waxing poetically about a freaking vegetable. Um, we've got a funny one today. We, we were going through Sean and I going through some of the comments and the response we've got from the initial three episodes. And I like the Q and a thing, but there's another side to the Q and a that's something like questions that people ask each other, like in popular culture, like, would you rather, and I always would do this with my friends when I was younger. And I, I think most of us do. It's like, would you rather have a million dollars or would you rather, you know, get given a, a freaking high rise apartment in Manhattan, you know, something like that. Like a lot of them are stupid, but this one actually caught my eye. So <laughs> would you rather go 15 years into the future with $50 million? So let's just say you're 30. Now you're 45, but you have $50 million in your bank account or start your life over again at the age of 10 with all of the knowledge you have now. Uh, second one, hands down, hands down. Yeah. Now it depends on who you are, I guess, because some people may be in a situation to where, I mean, this is, they may do the same thing over again. Like it, it's the butterfly effect, right? So like, let's just say you go back to age 10. Well, I was, uh, uh, it was at 95, 94, 94. And I invested in internet companies. Hypothetically, you could be worth billions of dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. I want to change my answer because I think there's a lot to consider in this. If we're thinking about the butterfly effect, you know, that theory or whatever it is with time travel, which, you know, who knows if that actually exists or not. Um, I think there's there's a lot of variables that can change the way you look at this because like right now I'm married and I have a kid. So my original answer of going back to the age of 10 with all the knowledge I have now could I make those exact same steps to end up with my wife and baby? Maybe not. Probably not. Probably not. So then I kind of want to go out. But if I'm going to jump ahead 15 years with $50 million, who the hell knows what happened in that 15 years? Everybody I know could be dead. Or I could have made some really bad choices and $50 million is not going to mean anything. So... I don't know that I have an answer for this right now. I'm gonna have to. It's a weird thing. Yeah, and it, there's a lot of variables. It's it kind of makes you think about how you kind of need to appreciate what you have anyway. Because, like, I'm a fairly comfortable person. Like, I'm. I think both of us are in fairly decent situations. Like, there's not a lot that we're like, man, I really wish I had this. It's kind of like, yeah, I want it, but I don't need any of that crap anyway. Um. Now, I I could tell you right now. If I had if I had the ability to generate massive wealth, I think I think anyone, I would I would 100% say that most people would say go back to 10 years old. I think most people would do that because like with the knowledge you have, a 10-year-old and you're like prior to anything in your life knowing everything. I mean, if you had the right information, like accurate information on like how to make a fortune, you could potentially be the richest person in history. Well, yeah. By, I mean, assuming that 15. you are the only one going back to 10 years old and everybody else is, you know, staying the same or is time actually going back? So you could like, you know, make the iPhone for the first time. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's, it'd be going back to caveman days and being the one to create the wheel or fire. Okay. It would now be that ridiculous. Change things. It would change everything, dude. Like we could be living, we, the world could have ended 
you know, a thousand years ago if that was the case. Or we could be living on a different planet or multiple planets. So, I mean, it's a, I guess that's a dumb question. Now I'm starting to regret even talking about this. Because, it is kind of a dumb question. Yeah. I think maybe we're just more philosophical than we thought we were. Yeah, I guess too deep. Too deep. It might be. But, I mean, yeah, like I said, I think I want to change my answer to possibly none of them. Isn't that funny? That is weird. Like someone, someone's like, "Hey, you have fifty, 50 million, million but you got to go thanks. fifteen years I'm ahead." Good. Yeah, your kid is now like seventeen, and you have no idea what happened in that fifteen years. Mm-mm. That see? there could be nothing. There could be no- like you could snap your fingers. Yeah, see, that would be weird. And there could be nothing left. We could have already had like a global nuclear war, and you're now yeah. you're the last person alive with a lot of. But really, I got a bunch of money. You got Who a lot knows? of paper to keep yourself warm while you're burning it. I don't know. I I I regret very little in my life. Like I, I just yeah. Don't. Same I, here. I decided I decided years ago. Like regret is just a it's a silly thing to focus on. Same thing with like fear is a really weird thing too because you know they they say if you um, if you if you fear anticipatorily something, then you're punishing yourself twice, right? Yeah. Because yeah, you have to live that experience. And I, we all have those. Um, but if you regret something, you pay for it with the, for the rest of your life. True. You know, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get too deep into the weeds on this one, but like, no, I don't think I'm going to, I think I'm just going to be happy with that question being a thing. What was the other question we had? I really want to crack into that one. That's more interesting. <laughs> okay. So, this email question is from Stephen Dunlop. Uh, thanks, Stephen, for putting this out. Um, so it says, so I'm currently watching The Walking Dead with my wife. What would be your end of the world zombie apocalypse loadout? Meaning one gun, one blade, one pipe, one can of tobacco, and one food item. What else would be in your backpack? That's not all that would be in my backpack. <laughs> like, I'd have yeah. a lot more than that. That's funny. It's funny that uh, we saw this question. And I was like, dude, I'm literally watching Walking Dead right now. Like, I, I walked away from it for about two years. And so I, I'm finally... I'm about ready to rewatch it. It's, it gets really good, man. It, it, it's, it was a little weird between, like, season seven, eight. But now I'm, like, I'm almost into ten. And it's, like, really getting good. Honestly, I don't know that I've seen all those then. No, you haven't. I had to go back. I think I started back again at like eight because okay. I got bored. Yeah, I, I don't think I. Seven. I don't think I've seen that far ahead. How many episodes or how many seasons are on Netflix now? Ten. Oh, like I, I the whole thing like with with uh, yeah and spoiler alert you know mute this if I'm I'm sorry you've had plenty of years to watch this but like Carl dying was very weird. It, I don't like when shows turn to like this weird, depressing funk and everyone's like all sad and stuff. And it's like, this is post-apocalyptic, dude. There's Wait a minute. Carl died? Okay. You, you know that. I might know that. But yeah. keep in mind, I haven't seen season 10 yet. I'm not going to say Potentially not, no season, season nine, I, I, so no more spoilers. I, if, it, if it comes out within a year, I usually will not spoil it for people. But yeah, anyway. But like... It, I don't like the the funk. They get into this weird funk and everyone's depressed and sulking along. It's like there are literally reanimated dead humans hunting you right now. Yeah, but I mean, think about what else would you be feeling in that point? I mean, if you had... I get that. I mean, I at, get, I get at this point, you're so far into the zombie apocalypse... And so many people have died. You've gotten comfortable with killing zombies daily. So then you'd start, you know, like having real human emotions again. I guess I'm uncomfortable. Like, I don't like it when people cry around me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I get uncomfortable with that that level of emotion. I don't know why. Okay. It's like a personal hang-up, I guess. No, I I, seriously, it's always been that way. Like, like in high school, girls crying around me. I'm like, I don't feel very good about this. It's just very unnerving for some reason. Um. It's like when people throw up in front of you and you're just, and then you just like, automatically throw up. Yeah. Like, you know, family guy style, you see one person throw That's up and then like 15 it's terrible. of you are just yakking all over the place. I, it just makes, I don't know, it's uncomfortable. It's kind of a heebie jeebies feeling, but what okay, would so be back my to the question? 
Yeah. One gun, one blade, one pipe, one can of tobacco, one food item. Uh, I'd go with a, I don't know, something, something really, I'd go with a, um, I'd go with a Winchester Defender, wood furniture. Um, I'd go with a knife. I would probably go with some sort of, uh, larger, like machete. We go machete. Now, does that Um, count as a knife or a short sword? No, it said blade, right? Oh, yep, it did say one blade. I think I think machete is probably good all around. Um, I wouldn't go with like a katana or anything. I feel like that's just I don't know. I, I never. I'm not a big. I would want to go with a katana because of The Walking Dead because of Michonne because of Michonne and just romanticizing about being the badass with a katana. Yeah, but there's way more utility with the machete. Yeah, but think deeper, dude. How are you going to sharpen that thing? You're not always going to have like fine water stones. You're going to trash that blade. That's true. A machete, you just rub it on a rock. Like That's true. <laughs> you know? Which might actually assist it in being kind of jagged. So, In, in, okay. in all reality, what I would probably want is like a small axe I, I or a machete. I think that'd probably be I, – I, a machete would probably be more functional. But well, I would say a heavy machete then, so that way if you needed to use it as an axe for light chopping, you yeah. probably could. Yeah, I mean I actually just – I picked up a Condor Golock. I've been wanting one of these for years, and I think that would be it. I, I think that's uh, – why did I get it? No idea. I just wanted it. Then I saw it pop up and I got well, it. Well, for the zombie apocalypse, obviously. We're dangerously close to that, I think. I, it's getting there. It's getting there. But, um, a pipe, I don't know, a bones. I, in all reality, I'd probably just grab like a random bones pipe, tobacco, uh, I, uh, penny farthing or five brothers. Okay. I wouldn't say those are my favorite tobaccos, but that's probably what I would grab. Well, we have a lot of the same answers probably because we think a lot alike. I would also go with a shotgun, something that has the most amount of ammo at a time possible. Yeah, food food defense, and then you also have like the the racking sound, which is just universal for go away. I I think that's just yes. I mean, that's a very not that that matters for zombies though. It doesn't, but I mean, look at The Walking Dead. Like, it's not just zombies. Like, those are like the least of their problems. That's Negan's true. And yeah, that's true. Oh my god, of... Negan was so terrible. And Negan it was, was t- it was hard to watch because you if you ever watched like Grey's Anatomy, yeah, his character was on Grey's Anatomy and everybody absolutely loved him. And then yeah. he's Negan. It's like really come on. But he fully embodied that even in his like he did personal. Really, yeah, platform. he did really good with it. Oh, did he really? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he's he's just a he. I think Negan kind of rubbed off on him. He's not like a bad dude in real life, but like you can tell he went almost method to do that part. Like with his personal his voice, like, his oh, voice yeah. even changed. Like it's, uh, it, I mean, it's not quite Daniel day Lewis or anything, but you know, like he, he went, he went pretty deep into that role, but, um, and there's, you know, you'll have to watch more of the walking dead cause it does get weird. And he was not the worst. <laughs> Are you talking about the, the bald chick? I'm not saying anything. Okay, because um, she was bad too. It. I'm not saying anything. Okay. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But it, what other stuff would would I carry? I would definitely have a source of fire. I would have it in a probably a light to medium backpack. Um, this is an easy question for me, just because I think like this anyway. It's like um, you know, some guys are like war war game nerds, and so they'll they'll constantly be thinking about that kind of like that kind of stuff. Um, I would say you definitely fire definitely like a, a life straw of some sort. I mean, it depends what kind of pack out you're doing. Are you doing something light? Are you, you know, are you doing basically like a, like a bug out bag? I mean, a bug out bag is going to be too heavy for, for that kind of stuff. But um, I think that, I don't know, water, fire, shelter, defense. That's kind of what I would do. I, honestly, dude, that that I could go on for like an hour and just talk about what would be in that bag. 
and why and yeah and okay. why yeah i mean this is something that i've i've been doing this kind of stuff since i was 12 so you're just ready for the zombie apocalypse no, I mean, there's there's a theory actually around this that's really interesting, and a lot of people make fun of it. Um, but there was there was a thing like zombie squad, like you see a truck and it's got like a zombie zombie defense team or whatever, and and like oh, you know, what are you waiting for the zombies to come? Which we all know is theoretically impossible, um, as it is, you know, throughout history, like reanimated dead bodies that are rotting and and like roaming the streets. This is not really possible, but if you if you prepare for something like that, then you're going to be totally fine with anything else. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, um, and that's the whole point of it. Like whenever you see that stuff and people talking about like the zombie apocalypse, just remove zombies and insert, you know, I don't know another country invading us. Yeah. Or, or so whatever. You, you plan for the zombie apocalypse for the day. Yeah. And then you end up getting a super awesome parking spot at the grocery store instead. You were super prepared. Super prepared. Yeah. I mean, you just, you have to think in, in terms of that. I mean, and there's a lot of stuff that it covers too. I guess this is going to turn into that kind of episode, but you know, like, like gray man, right? So in a zombie apocalypse, you're not going to be wanting to run around, um, you know, wearing bright colors and, you know, whistling loudly through the woods, you're going to want to wear something drab, something maybe even dirty. So people think that you're not, uh, you don't have the things that everyone else has. You're not taking, you're not bathing on a regular basis. Maybe you purposefully starve yourself a little bit so that you lose a little bit of weight. So people don't think that you have food. That's gray man. That, that is exactly the kind of situation that could apply to real life. Just making sure that you don't stand out in any way, basically. Yeah, you're completely – you do not produce a stimulus in anyone else's mind because that's how we remember things. So we're if failing drive, on that with this podcast. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. But I mean, whatever. Um, if we weren't targets, we're, we're targets now. But um, you know, like it, it, it's, it's a very specific thing. Like when all the riots and stuff were going on. If you stood out, you became either a threat or a comrade, and that was not a good thing either way. Yeah. No, that was very polarizing last year. But if if you just blended in, then you got away with <laughs> you got away with whatever you want. And like also I'll be the first one to say, like, I I love the gray man mentality. I have a hard time doing that because I do love when I'm out and I have like a brightly colored, I don't know shirt on and people are like, Hey, I really like your shirt. Like I like engaging in that conversation with other people. So being boring is not something that I'm, I or your like. bright orange e-bike. Yeah. Which is gone now. So oh. you won't be able to find me on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Sean? What's your, your list? Well, I'm going to go with the shotgun and I agree in every way about the blade being a machete. I think that's totally necessary. Um, I would say for my pipe, uh, something durable. I mean, honestly, just one of my shop pipes that are knockarounds that, you know, are trusty and comfortable. And if they break or get lost, I don't really care. So probably that, um, as far as tobacco, I'm going to go with sixpence, actually. I do, like, Escudo is super high on my list, but there's just something about sixpence. Well, let's see, yeah, think about rubbing it out, too. Like, how I, deep do you want to think about it? Like, well, it I out. barely do, though. Yeah, but you, maybe you have dirty zombie fingers. Well, that's okay. I'll be building crazy immunities. Okay. So I'll be fine. I'll I'll, like, have a zombie friend, and he'll, like, prep all my tobacco for me. Like Michonne, like just no teeth, but no just eyes, enough no hands to be able to <laughs> just like two fingers <laughs> on one arm. <laughs> yep, that's what he's supposed. To, what is the purpose of that? Oh, that he's my tobacco he, guy. He's a tobacco rubber. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I am picturing it right now too. Oh, that's that's horrible. And yeah, 
His, his, his name's Ralph. He's oh my, my tobacco rubber. That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, light my pipe. Get over here. That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it, it, shit, who knows? But yeah, I mean, it, it, there's... um. Okay, so that... Oh, and I mean, one food item. We forgot that. Did you say oh, your food item? No, I'm actually still thinking about it. Um, I, I want to say, like, just to be... Just to be um, like, I would say Daytrex bars, but those are terrible and no one wants to eat those food. Um, that's another hard question, dude, because you could go really short term shelf life, like a bag of jerky, which is relatively short shelf life. Um, especially if it's hot, that bag of jerky is probably donezo within like six months. Well, I'm going to go with a bag of potatoes, a bag of potatoes or a handful of potatoes. So you need to be – well, I guess you can throw a whole russet in, in coals and you'd be able to cook it. Um, yeah. You also can chop them into a few pieces and plant them. Mash them, fry them, stick them in a stew. Yeah. But you could That's chop them precious. up and plant them and use them for seed potatoes. Then That's can, a good point. So then yeah. you could grow more. Technically, on a very basic chemical level, a potato has everything you need to survive. That's true. That's doesn't really have smart. adequate protein, obviously, but I'm assuming I'll also be hunting in this situation too. I like that so, idea. It's also heavy, though. A lot of water weight there. True, but you're just going to get stronger carrying it around, and you're so going to you basically eat them. just have like a a potato rucksack. Yes, and then you'd go out find a secret place that you can plant them, and then you can go back to your little potato farm afterwards and and the thing is the greens are poisonous so there's not a lot of stuff that will eat potato greens chickens will found that out the hard way are your chickens okay yeah they're fine they'll do they eat anything they they like oh, they say like, like oh. goats well yeah they're they're like goats but way more way more destructive somehow they're able to i had to reclip their feathers like so when you trim up a, a chicken's wing a lot of people not know about this but i'll say it anyway you have to do one wing you do only the flight feathers so they can still stay warm and then what happens is when they try to take off cuz a chicken can glide kind of like they'll flutter and and like they can move some distance pretty easily um but generally they can only really go over like a five foot fence four foot fence so if you clip the feathers it puts them off balance like aerodynamically and they they just don't know so they give up like they they don't feel secure in yeah most birds are like that yeah i had a cockatiel growing up and oh, was he was a, i loved ours he was so cool he had a different song for everybody in the house that That's he would cool. that he would whistle for every single person, which was neat. But yeah, we, we had had to just clip one of his wings. We had one. He was mean, like really, really mean. Like he he would draw blood all the time, like constantly. Was he a hand fed? I have no idea. We had him seriously. We had him right? for a week. We had him for a week, and we we're oh, just like, wow. no. Yeah, that sucks. No, we had um, yeah, cockatiel, and then we had uh, some. Parakeets. Parakeets are cool, though. They don't really do anything, but... No, they don't. I don't know. Um, but the chickens, man, they, they somehow got into my garden that is fenced off with three varying levels of fences because I got tired of removing the old fence and putting a new fence in. And now what they do is like to hop in there and dig up all my existing tomato plants and my pepper plants that I'll be able to harvest in maybe a month. And I've got all kind. I mean, I, I've got like 10 plants, probably potentially hundreds of peppers and I ferment them and I make hot sauce with it and the hot sauce stays indefinitely. Um, but it's, it's always, I don't know. It's always fun to make it yourself and you do the fermentation process and yeah, it's good for your stomach. So you basically um, make like kimchi just with peppers, like ferment it yourself yeah, and then turn yeah, it into you, a sauce. Well, every, everything that grows, most things that grow contain enzymes and they contain like, certain types of yeasts and bacteria and stuff on their surface that's sort of symbiotic with the plant. And when you put it in a brine and you weigh it down, you have to fill up a bag of water and weigh it down so all the stuff stays under and ferments and doesn't rot because you're depriving it of oxygen. Um, 
it starts creating bubbles like carbon dioxide bubbles in the jar. And you do that for about a week or so, and then you blend it all up and then you've got hot sauce and it stays good forever. But yeah, it's like because it's fermented already. Yeah. So because it's like surrounded with, you know, it's constantly fermenting too. Like it will continue to ferment theoretically forever until it runs out of food. Kind of like tobacco. Yeah. Yeah. Sugars. Um, yeah. But because of that, it preserves it. So it's, I mean, it's a very basic old preservation method. You can, you can do it. You can't really do it with meat the same way. Like no one wants fermented meat, but you can do it with pretty much any vegetation pickles, like fermented pickles. They, you know, they, they essentially create lactic acid and the lactic acid preserves them. I don't really like lactic pickles. Personally, I, I like them quick pickled in the fridge, but um, anyway, chickens are, are assholes, but uh, I am getting eggs, which is cool. That's cool. You've been waiting for that for a while, right? It's been a while. We grew them from, uh, from chicks. So, so yeah, maybe you cool. should bring a chicken to the zombie apocalypse that can be your, be your buddy. Dude, that's so weird. You mentioned that because the casual preppers podcast, they have an episode about carrying around a chicken. Like an apocalypse chicken with you. An apocalypse. And it just, yeah, yeah, because they huh. feed themselves. Like they eat everything. Well, that's true. And then it just produces an egg a day for you. And you just have it on a little leash and you're walking it around. That's funny. <laughs> they do an egg a day? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, some with adequate food, I'm sure. And there's they'll eat anything though. That's the thing. Like they they'll they'll they peck around. like I don't even know they haven't eaten their food in like a week. They just eat like crap out of the ground. There's like this bugs and stuff. Yeah. They'll eat worms. Although I did just lay down a thousand. I had to order some worms to kind of air out, aerate my garden. And I'm pretty sure they demolished that, which sucks because they'll, they'll scratch down. They'll dig holes and find stuff to eat. It's just, you know, scratching around. <laughs> so apocalypse chicken. Yeah. That's awesome. A, a goat theoretically would be a good one too. If you wanted to bring like a, a an animal with you, um, yeah, goat, goats would be good if it's producing milk. I'm not Super sure that nutrition. this actually counts for this, this question. Is not... This is extracurricular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I mean do your research? I mean, we'll have we'll have episodes talking about like prepping and stuff. Just, just I don't know. It's do kind your of research something... after this. A bunch of Google searches are going to come up with. Should I bring a chicken to the apocalypse? What do you find to be the um, the hardest? Hardest part about your job making pipes? The hardest part about my job making pipes. Yeah, we're going to switch gears here. I'm, I'm curious. Okay. I would say staying focused, but that's just like a very personal thing. It's not really anything to do with the pipe making itself. It's just my brain goes crazy one direction and then the other too often. Like I've definitely got ADD. And so I'll be in the middle of making a pipe and then... I'll have a fantastic idea or what I think is, and then I just have to do it. Maybe I should just keep a notebook. And then if I have an idea, I should just like sketch really quick. Yeah. Or at least write it down and take some notes about it. But I would say that's probably the hardest. Um, There's things that I don't like. I mean, I don't particularly love making stems. Well, that's kind of what I mean. Like what's the most difficult well, I would say the most time-consuming was probably stems. Yeah. Um, I don't particularly like putting accents on pipes, usually, unless it's a really interesting material, but I usually don't. I also, like, never get requests for that, probably because I don't do much of it. That's probably a, a thing, yeah. I mean, that, that we talked about that before, like, uh, customers being extremely specific about what they order. And I mean, most of the time you just kind of have to let the maker do it, but it sounds like you don't really get requests for it because you do have a very particular style. Um, well, and I think every new maker goes through a period where they're figuring out what that style is yeah. and it takes a while for your customer base to learn what your style is. Like the yeah. the variety of requests that I used to get years ago was tenfold what the, what it is now. And now I'll post a picture of a pipe that's already sold and somebody, you know, they'll be like, I want one just like that. 
like, well, it'll be kind of like it. I, I can't copy it exactly usually. I mean, there's been a handful of shapes that I've been able to replicate, I would say, but they're still not identical. But I think new makers have that problem in the beginning where, you know, you get a customer that wants like six different colors on a pipe and they do it because yeah. they're excited about having a customer when, an, when in actuality you really should have like no more than three colors on a pipe before it starts looking too busy. Yeah. What about you? I, 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 I feel the same way actually, because a lot of, a lot of the stuff is getting motivated to do it, but I'm very good once I finally do get motivated and I get in the zone and it's harder these days because I just have so many distractions. But um, I would say, I would say sanding. Just, I mean, just specifically doing like the sanding process and revealing like a high contrast. Um, I've gotten really good with stems. Like my stems are quick. Um, yeah, not, same not here. As, it's just, but it, the, it's a different type of effort. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, like, I would rather be covered in briar dust than, than plastic, <laughs> you know, especially like resins. I've been working a lot with like the resins lately and dude, once that stuff gets on you, it's actually really hard to get it out of your clothes. Like, cause if it's fine yeah. enough, some of it stinks too. And it, yeah, I mean, that's why I don't do Bakelite. Bakelite is just horrible. Um, I hate working with horn. I had to do that for those, those prop pipes and it's just such a, a, it's an obnoxious smell. Ebonite's the same way, you know, but I got used to ebonite. That wasn't a big issue for me. Yeah. I don't hardly notice ebonite anymore. Okay. What I found very interesting though, is different colored Cumberlands smell different. Totally. And there's like pinks and reds that kind of smell like Pepto-Bismol, which is probably just in my head. Probably. But it's got a very distinct smell. And then the blues have a very distinct smell, too. The red and the green kind of smell the same a lot of times. But they don't smell good. Like, <laughs> at so all. Weird. That's not something I would have ever thought about. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm just sanding away at stems, thinking mindlessly about, hmm, this smells weird. Did uh, did we have any other questions on that? Uh, the first part of the email was what's your favorite tobacco pairing with adult beverages? Do you ever pair tobacco with food? I, I don't really pair tobacco with food. It's always an afterthought. It's always like, oh, I just ate like a a huge burger. Now I just want to go smoke. Um, yeah, not really pairing like during because no, I mean nobody really wants like food particles stuck in your stem. That's just I gross. mean. The, the the I guess the big one for everyone is like coffee in a pipe, coffee in a cigar. Um, I don't I don't really I don't drink coffee, so I'm usually like water or beer with a pipe. I don't really drink anything other than that. Like I don't really drink water sodas. I don't drink tea. It's literally all I drink. I think is water and beer. Cool. So you've at least paired those with the pipes. I've, yeah. And that's, that's the only thing I can think of. Like maybe on, on like the odd day, like apple juice, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's never really, but that's, I mean, tobacco wise, um, I, I've been in a real kick with, uh, with the two that I mentioned earlier. Uh, I, I really like five brothers. I don't know why. I mean, to a lot of people, they, they taste, they think it tastes like crap, but, um, Penny Farthing is a pretty intense blend, uh, nicotine-wise. Same thing with Sixpence. You know, they're kind of on the same level. Yeah. I would say a good ESB, Extra Special Bitter, and uh, Sam Gowith Full Virginia Flake that has been uh, heat gunned. A lot of people do this thing with the microwave where they microwave that stuff, and apparently it really, it toasts it up and makes it really nice. But you take a heat gun to it? Yeah, yeah. I put it on a piece of paper and I put a heat gun, like I run a heat gun over it, like really high heat. And you can start seeing it kind of get a little bit crispy. And when it feels crispy while it's hot, like not fully crispy, but like kind of beef jerky-ish. And I stop and I'll kind of fluff it out and let it just kind of cool. And by the time you do put it in your pipe, it's like almost crumbly. It's like pre-smoked almost. 
it's ideal for me. I like that. Huh. I'm going to have to try that That's my pairing. That's your pairing. Okay. So it's, you know, pretty often if I'm working in my shop in the evening, I'll be smoking a pipe and I'll have a beer. So I'd say beer is usual for me. Um, Usually PBR and just whatever I'm smoking, which is usually a vapor of some sort. Um, So I found, I discovered something interesting and we actually had a, a group of guys on a pipe chat. I think it was an Instagram chat and it was wine night. So everybody drank a whole bottle of wine and we were smoking a pipe and everybody also was smoking English. And so I found that I actually really like a, um, you know, like a really heavy Latakia. I think that night I actually was smoking old Ironsides and then I had a Malbec, which is a red wine. And for whatever reason, like the aftertaste of the, the Malbec, when I had just smoked Latakia, it was just mouthwatering. There was, it was almost like a salty aftertaste to it that I've never experienced with a pipe before. That was really good. So normally beer and a Virginia, but on occasion, a heavier Latakia with a red wine. I think that's more interesting than mine. I'm not an interesting person when it comes to tobacco. And that's always been a question uh, people have asked me as as a pipe maker. Like, oh, what do you like? I'm like, I'm boring. Like, I have probably tried far fewer blends than I should have. I'm kind of boring when it comes to pipes for, like, for myself. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got maker pipes. You know what I mean? Well, like it's, yeah. That's how... Just boring maker most pipes. Of, now I have too many pipes, so it's like... What do I, you know, what do I smoke today? And you're like, yeah, I guess I'll smoke the same thing I smoked yesterday because. Yeah, I have about four pipes that I rotate weekly. Well, and I mean, sometimes I'll smoke the same pipe all day for three days in a row. Yeah. You know, because I don't believe that there's any need to rest a pipe. I think that is absolute marketing garbage to get people to buy seven day sets. I think that's where that came from back in the day. No. No, you need to keep buying seven-day sets. Though. You need as yes. many bones as you can possibly <laughs> yes, fit you do. in the box. <laughs> I just think the reasoning is different. You could easily get by with like three. Yeah. But we don't smoke like some people do, man. No, like that's some, true. Some guys are that's running true. like 10 bowls a day, and you're like, I don't know how you have the time to do that. I don't know like, how you have the tongue stamina to do that. Like, I'm not yeah, smoking a pipe today for the podcast because I got tongue bite from yesterday. I think I had some MacBaron Dark Twist. When the last time... So it had been a long time since I had it because most Mac Barons give me tongue bite. And the last three times I've smoked it, I haven't gotten tongue bite, Mm -hmm. but yesterday I did. And I think I had two back-to-back bowls and that was part of the problem. I was also like frantically cleaning my shop so I could like get a couple pipes done. And so I probably wasn't paying attention to my smoking cadence as much as I should. I find that that I'm actually a lot more susceptible to tongue bite nowadays, and I think it's because I, I'm I'm not in the shop all day anymore. Just like putting my tongue in my mouth in a state of defense against the alkalinity, you know what I mean? Like you get used to it. Like a lot of the guys that they've been smoking for a long time, like they'll be like, "I don't get tongue bite anymore." I'm like, "How is that even possible?" You got tongue. You got tongue callus is going on yeah like you got iron tongue or something and really that's a thing apparently i i just i've never gotten to that point where i'm like this isn't bothering me at all (laughs) you know like okay now here's an interesting part of that though do they actually have a tolerance built up against tongue bite or have they gotten used to the smoking cadence of the particular pipes that they're smoking. Because I've actually thought about this because almost daily you'll see questions in the pipe groups about, you know, what's the best way to break in a pipe or any new customer of mine. They, they ask, how should I break it in? Personally, I think that's bullshit. You don't need to worry about that. If it, if you have a well-made pipe, as long as you're not taking a torch lighter to it, as long as you're not trying to smoke it like a freight train for videos on YouTube, like some people do, I think you're going to be fine. 
my theory is that yes, you're building a cake, which is good, but how much of your pipe break in is actually you getting used to how that pipe smokes with particular tobaccos versus how much it's actually getting quote unquote broken in. Yeah. And I mean, it changed. There's too many variables. I mean, this, this goes into my whole thing where people are like, oh, this particular pipe is for this particular blend, and that's a Virginia pipe, and that's a lot of Kia pipe. I don't I don't subscribe to that. Like, I, I'm kind of like a – I do to some goes, extent. Everything goes in every pipe I own. Well, I uh, – Except for, you know, Captain Black Grape. That goes in a cob, and yeah. then that's my grape cob. I will at least differentiate between an English pipe and a Virginia pipe. But I will generally smoke this. I will smoke English. I'm sorry. I will smoke Virginias and vapors in the same pipes because I don't really care. Yeah. There's, you know, there's not enough crossover in flavor. Mm -hmm. But I also, you know, if I'm not craving an English blend, which is rare, I don't want to taste that in my Escudo or my Sixpence. So I will differentiate those. And I've heard the theory that wider bowls are better for English blends because there's more surface area burning at one time. Yeah. And I can kind of get on board with that, although I'm not really a connoisseur of English blends like a lot of people are. But most all my customers that smoke strictly English request to have at least a 7 eighths bowl. So I think there is something to that. Maybe that's why I don't really get into it because I, I don't smoke a lot of Englishes, so... That could be it. That could be. So I think the moral of this story is no matter your bowl size, we still love you. I mean, yeah, man. your tobacco still loves you. No stress. There's no Do rules. What you want. There's no rules, especially now. <laughs> There's no yeah. rules anymore, man. <laughs> no rules in, at all. All right. Well, uh, Please keep the questions coming. Uh, once we have enough and we have a backstock, we're going to start doing maybe one or two questions per episode in addition to our regular content. Um, we've got uh, some great episodes coming up, some great topics that we want to talk about, and uh, possibly another guest coming up here real soon. And um, yeah, keep them, keep them coming. I, I think even if we could get some people asking some sort of advice that would be kind of fun i was like that could advice. be cool yeah that could be cool make us um, feel that, good like we're actually helping people well that's the whole thing i, I like helping people i love giving good or bad advice <laughs> so. there you go maybe we'll have a episode where we give two things of good advice and one thing of bad advice and you have to figure out which one is which but anyway thanks guys for listening we really appreciate it uh please you know, continue with the emails. You can email us a question or a comment or, you know, thoughts on a topic at beyond the pipe one at gmail.com. That's beyond the pipe, the number one at gmail.com. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye.